Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the Corkit Podcast. My name is Kyle Schwieger. I'm joined here. We'll go. We'll go down the line. Uh, JJ Boffman, Nico Genovese, Dante Allison, and we are so excited to get talking about some sports, <laughs> some lifestyle, <laughs> pop culture, all that jazz. So first off, let's start. Let's go around the league real quick. Um, yesterday. University of South Carolina Gamecocks win the women's national title against UConn with a score 64 to 49. Leah Boston, 11 points, 16, 16 boards. boards. That's crazy. Jeez. That is insane. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I mean, that's a way to bounce back from last year. She missed the game winning shot last year. That's yeah. 16 boards in the championship. That's Add crazy. on to that. Destani Henderson, career high 26 points during that game. What a way to turn up for your team when they need it most. That was Henderson's only 20-plus point night, too. For the whole season? Yeah, to, so to bring it in the championship's crazy. I mean, what a way what a way to turn things up. Yeah. And then the fact is, I think one thing that the uh, Gamecock defense uh, really honed in on was denying Paige Beckers the ball. She ended with 14. Yeah. Um, not a horrible night, but they definitely – it showed in the box score, you know, the, the effect that they had honing in on Paige defensively. So this is the first ever UConn loss in the finals under their uh, head coach. Under coach. Yeah. So that's crazy. They were 11 and 0 before this this championship game. That is insane. South Carolina also becomes the eighth team to win multiple championship titles and that's their second one that they just grabbed. That's the only eighth team in women's NCAA history to have more than one title. Jeez, crazy. That's crazy. Uh what else around the league? NBA, the Lakers took an L to the Nuggets, Another inching one. closer to Another missing one. the play-in. Getting so much closer to missing the play-in. We saw Russ 27, 10, and 7, AD with 28, 9, and 8. But it was the Joker with 38, 18, and 6 taking the W. That That's tough. They just couldn't to get beat. a stop when they needed one. What do you think goes through uh, from a Lakers fan's perspective? All right, all right. Um, let me hear this. What's your thoughts on the head coaching situation benching Reeves for the game? I just think he doesn't know what to do in close game situations. Like Reeves is, he's a rookie, yes, but he's one of our best shooters that we have right now. Like, I'm not, yes, Russell Westbrook's a great player, but if I need a three, I'm not going to him. And, yeah, you have Monk who can really shoot the, the three well, but I don't get benching Reeves in a close game situation when you need some points on the board. I mean, he's been playing great all year. I wouldn't say he's a top rookie, but he's a good role player for what the Lakers have right now. And, I mean, he was having an impact on the floor when he was there and, you know, not playing him he in a, in a so must-win game. Yeah, he's a hustle player. So, and, Inching closer to the end of the playoffs, I'm pretty sure Spurs have to lose Spurs three lose, of their yeah. next four. Somehow, mm -hmm. if the Lakers can win out, then yeah. yeah. But the Spurs got it; they've got a tough last four games. Yeah, and the Spurs do have the tiebreaker. So, the Spurs do have the tiebreaker. Oh. Um, so, if they finish with the same record, if they finish with the same record, then uh, Spurs make the play-in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, but it, it'll be tough. It's a tough, tough road for the Lakers coming up here for the next, uh, see if they make the plan, but we'll see what happens. Very Other things in the NBA, we saw KD get his career high 55 points, and they still couldn't get the job done against the uh, Hawks. Trey Young, 36 and 10, spoiled KD's 55 point night. I'm going to be honest, I was surprised that that was his career high. I, I mean, like, I think yeah. I, I knew it, like, a while ago that his career high wasn't super high but it was definitely um 
very interesting to see that it was only 55 is now his career high. But great night for him nonetheless. We saw Coach K's run come to an end against UConn in the Final Four. UConn. Or not UConn, UNC. excuse me. UNC, yeah, UNC, UNC yeah. in the Final Four. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I was surprised Duke made it that far. I had them I had them as an early exit. I knew they were going to make that far, but I didn't think they'd lose to I wanted them to win. I like Coach K personally. Just didn't want to see his career end on losing to a rival. Yeah, I mean, his final two losses were to UNC. Yeah, that's true, the re- regular season as yeah. well. His first career loss was to UNC. Mm, I don't know that either. Interesting. Coach mm. K can't perform. J- <laughs> JJ coming in with some historical facts for this podcast. Um, not only that, we saw another men's basketball news, uh, Tad Mata in at Butler. I didn't even know he was still coaching, bro. He wasn't. He, he was out of the league. Retirement again. He pulled an urban. <laughs> but uh, I know Jeff Bowles, Ohio University head coach, was in running for that job. Yeah. So looks like he's set to return to OU unless something else comes along. Yeah. But um, Dad Mata, interesting hire. Going back to do or going back to Butler to go back coaching. USA qualified for the World Cup. Yeah, that's that's exciting. But uh, looking at their um, group, they've got England in that group with them, so that'll be a that'll be a fun matchup yeah, to, fun watch. to watch. Uh, not only that, but uh, here's the the best news of all: it is now Masters Week. I know you guys are all golf fans. Big golf fans, yeah. Huge <laughs> golf fans over here in this room. You can tell. Um, so yeah, that's around the league. Just a little intro to some stuff going around in sports um, over the past weekend or so. So let's get a let's dive in here. So we're recording this on Monday at six fifteen. It's six fifteen right now, Monday. So by the time this comes out Tuesday, the UNC Kansas game will be all but wrapped up. So uh, let's take a little look. Uh, I want to hear some of your guys' predictions and picks for this game. Let's start with JJ and kind of work our way around here. Um, I think I think that a lot of people are riding high on UNC just because they've kind of got the storybook um or they just have the like good story going with them but kansas um they're favored for the game i think by four and a half or something like that um they've got the fifth the fifth best adjusted offense efficient oh my god excuse me offense efficiency um in division one and they've got the 14th best adjusted defense efficiency whereas North Carolina they've only got the 17th offense efficiency rating and the 35th defensive efficiency so for me personally I think either North Carolina wins a close game or Kansas will just outscore them I think that's a very good take JJ I, agree with that. <laughs> right, I think that's a good t- uh, good take Nico what are your thoughts right yeah, now Yeah I got Kansas winning I mean like he said I think a lot of people are like oh UNC is hot right now so they'll come and swing against Kansas and they believe they can do it but don't get me wrong I think it's going to be a close game I don't think Kansas is going to blow them out but I mean just the way Kansas has been like playing good team basketball they've been doing really good in this tournament and I mean their defense has been doing pretty good they're only allowing 60 and they're scoring 78 so um, I think the keys for them would just be slowing down their bigs, <clears throat> making sure they have less offensive rebounds, and just crash the board so they can get those fast break points and just play how they've been playing. I think Kansas is going to take it. That's good. Dante, let's hear it. <laughs> I agree with both of them. Uh, yeah, Kansas, Kansas against Villanova, they got out 
they started really hot. I think they were up like, when I was watching it, they were like up 12 in the first five to 10 minutes. And I just don't see UNC like keeping up with them. Uh, they have two really good big men to grab boards. And I feel like everyone's just bandwagoning on UNC. So I'm gonna go Kansas in this one. Alrighty, I'm actually gonna stray away from this. What you guys are saying right now, I do think UNC can win this game. I think what we saw from Caleb Love was electric, and uh, same with um, Bassett. Uh, you know, assuming he'd be healthy, but you know, him going down with that injury certainly didn't yeah. help them. Assuming he plays or not. Um, also, for Kansas, one thing that was huge was um, McCormick's game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came out of nowhere with that 25-point game. I think, you know, you could slow that down against, you know, a, a matchup like Manic down low or something like that. I think it'll be interesting. I definitely do think it's within UNC. It's, the, you know, this is Kansas's game to lose, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think Kansas should be the favorite upright, but I, I do think that UNC can definitely pull away oh, with this game. Yeah. As, I mean, we, we see all during March Madness, it's a, it's a, you know, can anything can happen. It's all about momentum. Um, I think that you know either of these teams can can get a W uh, tomorrow night, but I think I'm, I'm I'm gonna go with UNC. And I know I've got some I got some friends that are rooting hard on Kansas. One of my, my buddy Isaac's from Kansas, grew up there, and he's he's rooting hard for these Jayhawks. But I'm I'm gonna have to go UNC for this for this game. Uh, a little stray away from the uh, what you guys are going with, but I, I do think UNC is gonna take it. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, for me, the difference at least with how I've seen the teams play is that Kansas doesn't necessarily rely on like one or two of their players going off to either keep it a close game or just like win a game where in comparison, Kansas, even though they'll have guys like have big games as a whole, they don't necessarily rely on that to make or break the game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's like, again, Kansas is just a good team basketball. Like, they have guys who yeah, do average, like, 18, 14, but the rest are kind of, like, in that two to three difference, like, 11, 10, and 8. And then the rest of the team, I mean, it's low, but, I mean, it's still pretty, like, average and consistent. There's not, um, like JJ said, an average, like, depending on a guy to average 20, 25 to carry their team, it's all just team basketball, and they all play their part. Yeah, I mean, that is one big thing that I, I think – UNC does differently is their scoring isn't as spread out as you know Kansas per se. I mean it's really centralized within the you know main four guys um, on that team. But it'll be interesting to see how they perform tonight at what is it nine? Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, I think we have an intramural soccer game during that. But uh, we'll uh, catch the score afterwards and we'll see what happens. So uh, let's um st- let's move a little bit away from. Um, college basketball and um, move towards some professional basketball so um nba playoff preview so right now obviously things aren't set but you know we don't have the matchups yet but there are teams that have been um making names for themselves here at the end of the regular season winning games you know some teams are sliding some teams are losing games so i want to i want to go around here and uh first off i just want to see who you've been impressed with in these last couple weeks. And uh, then we'll get into contender versus pretender, where we talk about 
you know, who we think can be a contender and who we think is going to fall apart. So, JJ, first off, who do you, who like, player, team, who have you been impressed with in the last couple weeks? Genuinely really been impressed with the Grizzlies. Like, to be playing without jaw for a good amount of games and still be taking on, um, like, playoff teams and either handling them or just winning close games um, and not necessarily just falling off because draw excuse me, jaws out, um, has been really surprising. Uh, it just shows how well organized they are and how well coached they are. And, I mean, I think it makes them really scary for the playoffs if and when jaw comes back from injury. Um, outside of that, I mean, Jokic, for me, he's been phenomenal. Like, to – I mean, all season. So, like, to not have what most would consider his – Number one and two option, or number two and three options um, playing. I mean, Murray's been out the entire season, and um, Michael Porter Jr. has only played nine games this season, and he's still putting up really good numbers. Um, he's really just been impressive. Um, outside of that, um, there hasn't been anyone that's really stood out to me. I thought it was surprising that the Heat have been able to hold on to the one seed in the East. Um, but outside of that, nothing too surprising. Nico? I'm going to tell you, I guess they're the number one seed, but I've been really impressed with Devin Booker and the Suns because even without Chris Paul, they're winning games. They're 11-4 without Chris Paul. And D-Book has just been – he's been phenomenal. He's been leading the Suns team to stay in that one seed spot, leading them to victory. And that's why, I mean – a lot of people thought, including me at the beginning, like I thought CP3, like that was the, kind of like the key because he's a veteran, like huge playmaker and knows what to do. One of the most highest like basketball IQs in the game. But I'm surprised that the Suns are still doing that well without him. So I feel like in the playoffs, if he comes back or if he doesn't, I still think the Suns are going to make a big push just because they've been playing good team basketball and Devin Booker has been going off. So I've been really impressed with him. Dante? Um, I have two teams I'm actually really uh, been surprised with. One is the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Luka obviously leads that team, but as a team, they've been playing great basketball as a whole, and they've propelled themselves into fourth in the Western Conference and clinched a playoff berth. So once you like think about the Dallas Mavericks, I really don't think of anyone else other than Lucas. So I think it's pretty impressive that he has that team at, at four. And then the Boston Celtics of the Eastern Conference, they're the second seed, and I guess they're catching fire at the right time going into the playoffs. I do agree with that. You I, I was just Celtics, about to yeah. – my, my, one of my teams I had picked was the Boston Celtics. Do you have anyone else to add? Nope. That's Alrighty. It. So I'm going to go into mine. My pick was the Boston Celtics as a team that I'm impressed with. They're 13-3 since the All-Star break. And uh, this team just, you know, sprung themselves up into second place in the Eastern Conference. And I'm going to be honest with you. I honestly thought this was going to be a play-in team, the way they were playing at the start of the season. But they were doing terrible. They were horrible. They were losing games down the stretch. You know, Tatum and Brown weren't gelling together. They just were not winning games. And I thought they were going to end up between 7 and 10. I didn't think they'd miss the playoffs, but I thought they would end up 7 to 10. And for this team to go crazy, catch fire at the right time, as you said, Dante, and uh, jump all the way to the second seed, I was very impressed by that. 
Um, in the Western Conference, I think Grizzlies without Jaw, no, no doubt. I mean, the fact that you could be without your star player and have high, one of the highest win percentage for a team, you know, ever, yeah. um, based on the games that they played without him, I was very impressed with. Another team, this is a little bit of a sleeper team that I was impressed with. I was impressed with the Timberwolves a little bit. They have been picking because I, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't think I thought they would be, you know, on the bubble and the play in and stuff like that. But now, I mean. They're going, you know, they're racing with the Jazz for the sixth seed. Like, the fact that they could get into the actual playoffs and not have to worry about a play-in and facing teams like the Clippers, the Pelicans, Spurs, Lakers, and they can just get in. I was very impressed with them in the last couple weeks. Anthony Edwards has been playing great. Carl Anthony Towns has always been playing great. D'Angelo Russell is really finding his role on that team. Um, I'm very impressed with them, and I'm excited to see what they do forward. Um, I know we talked about teams we're impressed with. Is there any team that you are kind of – um, feeling, you know, like you've been, I don't want to say unimpressed, but disappointed with with their last couple of weeks. I think the Bulls. Yeah. I just feel like the Bulls had such a hot start. Everyone was really high on DeRozan. Don't get me wrong, DeRozan's still playing fantastic, but like people were thinking, oh, Bulls are going to be title contenders with how well Lonzo Ball, um, DeMar DeRozan, and um, Zach Levine were playing together. And I just feel like recently they haven't been doing their best. What are they, like 0-15 against top three teams? Yeah, they cannot get a win it's against like, top if teams. If you want to be considered as a playoff, a good playoff team, good title contender, you can't consistently lose to top teams in the West and East. It's just like – so I feel like with them it's just – I was really high on them on the beginning of the season, and I loved DeMar DeRozan, so I was happy for him. But lately it's just like I don't see them going far in the playoffs or doing that well. Making a big push. JJ, any players or teams that you've been disappointed with? I'd, I'd have to say the Jazz. I think um, coming off last last season, um, or at least the past couple seasons of just being like a really good team, uh, well-organized, and to have Donovan Mitchell just like up and coming. Uh, not necessarily that any of them or the team as a whole is like bad. It just kind of feels like they've been quiet and – there were, I feel like there were higher expectations uh, for them, and uh, they just really haven't lived up to it. Dante? The one team that comes to mind when I think of disappointing is the Lakers. <laughs> um, yeah. Even though, I mean, you can't fully blame it on injuries, but AD's been out a lot, LeBron's been out a lot. Want to know what I blame it on? Coaching. Coaching and management. Yeah. I just feel like you can't have – three all-stars, three future Hall of Famers, and not be able to – four future Hall of Famers with Bellow. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Fourth. And, and not build a good team around them. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah, Frank Vogel, you can say he's a good coach because he won a championship with the Lakers. But he has, right now, I would say three all-stars and four future Hall of Famers. And he – him and the management weren't able to build anything around them because, yeah, LeBron James – best basketball player of all time but he needs some decent role players to make a push and he just doesn't have that i'm a huge believer that the lakers struggles lies within their management but at the same time i'm you know in, in a realistic standpoint it's tough to see what they can do with those contracts because obviously you know like lebron's westbrook's and 80s contract you know amount for like 90% of the Lakers cap space. So it is tough to, you know, find that. But, you know, they they found good signings in Malik Monk, right? They got Mellow for cheaper. But I I do think that 
you could have been able to find you know good role players to buy into this cheaper deal yeah. than you were and i i love the chris nunn signing if he was healthy, if he was healthy right if he yeah. played right I, I would have loved that but i don't i don't love the fact that they didn't even try to go out to get a center in the offseason yeah. they didn't even try to go get a a good like like power forward or big man because right now back i mean AD back up ad or you know he's been hurt this whole season you've got dwight howard you had you lebron starting at center with a wash dwight howard and at the time a wash deandre jordan at center you, against these young top centers like Cat or DeAndre, and you can't expect them to do well and actually be a good center for the team. I also didn't love the fact that they made no moves at the trade deadline. I, I think I think that was well, especially because you know LeBron and Anthony Davis were under the impression that they would make moves right. at the trade deadline, and the you know the management and the front office didn't feel like that was worth it. Mm-hmm. I. To go back on the Kendrick Nunn uh, wave, I just don't know how he's like not playing. Like, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it seems a little bit suspicious to me because, like, they say it's a bone bruise. Like, I don't know if it's just like the management, not like. I mean, I doubt it, but like, I just don't intentionally not playing him. Yeah, I mean, like. a bone bruise for the whole year? You think you think he would just like let that happen? There has to be fine? something. Like Dante's got a conspiracy brewing yeah, right now. I, I can say, see you it. Think he's I'm just, just like sitting I, it just like, it just seems weird yeah, to me. I'm not actually injured, but they say it's a bone. I mean, I so get I, I, I agree with that though, but I mean you can't this, really with this type of stuff, you can't yeah. really tell cuz I mean a bone bruise could be really painful. I've never yeah. experienced one, so my you don't really know if he can fully play or not. My biggest issue with the Lakers organization has definitely been management. Because, I mean, if we look back to the past offseason, well, obviously Russ is an all-time great player. I think he's first ballot Hall of Fame. I don't think that's like should be a question. But um, to me, I don't think he was ever a great fit for the Lakers. Injuries or not, like if best-case situation – to have Russ at his best and have LeBron and AD at all their best when they're like they conflict with each other. I feel like Russ plays his best when he's like ball dominant and he's like making a lot of the decisions and just being Russ. And that to me, that conflicts with um, how LeBron and AD play just a little bit. Not to not to say that they couldn't have made it work, but I'm saying to get the best out of each of those players, I just didn't think he was a great fit. Yeah, I agree with that. And when we signed them, I did love the signing because, I mean, it's Russell Westbrook who wouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of, I, like you said, I kind of knew they weren't going to be a great fit. But mm-hmm. I just feel like, again, that goes with coaching because, like you said, Russ is a ball-dominant player. He needs to be the playmaker. They didn't have Russ as the primary point guard or primary playmaker. Yes, you have LeBron James. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be yeah. a primary playmaker. But if you have Russell Westbrook, I totally believe that you can have him as the primary point guard, primary ball handler, and try to get LeBron James as more of a scoring role. Because, I mean, yeah. that's what a lot of the talk was before the season started was, okay, Russ will be point guard. Russ is going to be the playmaker. LeBron James can now focus on scoring. Let Russ set it up. That's what he did with Katie. That's what he did with great score yeah. like Paul George. Yeah. Let Russ set up the play like set up the playmaker. Be the floor general. Right. And have LeBron as a scorer. And we've seen Russell Westbrook's stats in the last 
eight eight or nine games, he's been doing a lot better. Oh, he's yeah, been for providing sure. he's been a lot more. And I think it's because he is taking on that more ball handling, ball right. dominant role. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest problem going into the season was trying to find how they like meshed together. And like obviously there was gonna be headbutting, but then what stalled that process was LeBron going out for a week or two. And then AD going out for yeah, a week yeah. or two. Like so I think I think the overall problem was management making decisions that just didn't make sense and then for it to just snowball with not having a coach who was able to really figure out how they fit together and then to make that problem even worse the injuries that kept coaches or even the players from figuring out what the best fit for them yeah, and I I do think that the the fit comes into play. I, I will say in that yeah they've Russell Westbrook has at least found his fit. You know mm-hmm. we've seen him his stats you know improve. Yeah, but they're still not winning games. No, so not. there's there's they're, there's they're a, a deeper team. problem. But they're a bad team. The, the, the winning games again is just they don't have any good role players. They don't have a team. No, they they have Most three the... guys who are really good. They got yes Melo has his occasional twenty five game twenty yeah. game, but I'm not saying Melo's a top option. And then, yes, Monk no, was, was a good signing. Who else do you have as a good role player that can get you 10, 11 a night, 12 a night? You don't. You don't. Yeah, and Melo, like, Melo went one for seven from three last game. Like, yeah. Like, he's going to have more of those games down his career than his 25 points. Yeah. Point games. Yeah, I agree. A whole lot of issues with I, there, the Los Angeles. There is a whole lot of issues. And I feel like it's going to be. Hopefully we can do something in the offseason this year. Don't think we're making the playoffs or playing. So. You'll be able to move Russ. You'll be able to move AD, but I don't know what you're gonna get back. Just Actually, something. Russ will probably walk if I'm being honest. Oh yeah, he's not. Does gonna... he have the player option? It's is player option, be... but why we want to stay? He has one more year. He has one more year, but he could either stay in LA, get ridiculed for another season, or take a cheaper option in a market that actually enjoys him being there and could potentially compete. I would like to see him back on the Wizards. If I I'm think being him and Bradley Beal were I think great the only together factor. Unless there's like a trade, the only factor for Russ would be just like his uh, outside of basketball situation. I mean, with him growing up in LA, yeah. But so for Russ, right? He he goes back home, plays in his hometown in LA. It's a dream come true, and the fans hate him. Yeah, and use him as a way to like like trash on him, ridicule him the entire time. So how is this an ideal situation for him if he had? A fan base in Washington that really enjoyed him playing there. I mean, like welcomed him with open arms. He led that that team. Which, by the way, I don't know if you it's watched awful. that Wizards team. That roster might have been worse than this Lakers one right now. Mm-hmm. That was a horrible watch. There was, I think, there was, I would say, four good players on that team, and it was Daniel Gafford for the last month. He played good. Yeah. Rui Hachimura was very streaky. And then it was Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. And, you know, they carried that team to that that play-in and then get the eight seed. And that was yeah. crazy. And I think you go back to that team with the roster they've built now, right? Yeah. You've got Porzingis. You've got Kuzma. You've yeah. got, you know, people that can score the ball. You've got big men that can play. I think the biggest thing that the Wizards didn't have was a big man. Give Russ, right? a, give Russ an all-star level score and good role players. You see what he can do. Right. And I think if you, especially if you put him in the scenario that they put Spencer Dinwiddie, 
right? Where, you know, you're putting him as a leader, as the main ball handler, the main facilitator. I think that team probably welcomes Russell Westbrook's mentality better than Spencer Dinwiddie's. I mean, they, they ridiculed Spencer Dinwiddie for his, you know, leadership styles. But I think Russell Westbrook has different leadership styles and knows how to get the best out of players with him. Granted, you know, he does have his faults, right? We see the turnovers, we see the missed threes, we see the missed free throws, right? But I think you put him in a situation like that in Washington, I think he does better than he at least did this year in L.A., but that's just where I'd like to see. But I think, I mean, the Lakers aren't going to get much back for him, even if you do trade him. I mean, that contract is so big that, yeah. like, you'd be getting just filler players. And, like, I mean, you'd have point, to be a, to a team that could buy him out. I feel like if we can get maybe two just good role players, I'm not saying we're going to get a star for him because, I mean, mm-hmm. he's getting old end of his career. But if we can get some good role players, and if we keep AD, we get LeBron, we keep AD, and we give better role players, I still think that team will have a better chance of making the playoffs in this year. I agree with that. Um, I'm going to talk about my team I was disappointed in real quick, and then we're going to move on to some NFL stuff. Um, I was pretty disappointed in the Cavs these last couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This was a team that, uh, you know, middle of the season was tied with, you know, the Bucks, the Sixers record-wise. They were like a game or two out of second place. And now they're like teetering on the play-in right now. I mean, them losing Jared Allen was big, though. Yeah, Jared Allen going out. But, you know, the moves they made, right? They made a move for, Over. you know, Levert out of Indiana, right? And, I mean, losing Ricky Rubio was huge for them as well. But still, it's tough to see that team slide the way they did just based on how well they were playing. Yeah. I think next year they're going to they're be, be the team, yeah. like one of the teams to beat in the East just because. They have a lot of a potential to do great things. And the fact is that like Garland's only going to improve from here, right? And Sexton coming you know, back. Sexton's coming back. You'll probably get Ricky Rubio back. I mean, he's, you know, a free agent this upcoming offseason. He said he, he just wants to play yeah. with the Cavs. Like he loved it there. And then you've got, you know, Mobley's just going to improve. Allen's just going to improve. That team is going to be scary. Yeah. That team will be one of the teams to look out for next year, but I was a little bit disappointed in the finish for them this year. So let's move on. Let's go to some NFL. We talked about NBA for a while. Uh, we got about like 10 minutes or so left. So let's uh, let's talk here. Um, let's do some NFL stuff. So free agency and offseason has been huge so far. We've seen a lot of moves, a lot of moving pieces. Madden is going to look very different next year. Um, so I got a couple of these that I want to hear everyone's takes about. We got um, the best move in the offseason. So that'll be trader free agency. We'll have the most improved team that you think is the team that is most improved. We'll have the best available free agents that you still see out there. And then just for fun, we'll see uh, what you think the best uh, fit is for Baker Mayfield now that the uh, Browns have gone through some quarterback changes. So, uh, JJ, let's start with you. Uh, Let's just go around. We'll do the best move. What do you think your best move was? Uh, I think the best move was Devontae. Like, even though Cooper Cup, I mean, all credit to him, won the Triple Crown, like Devontae, he's the best – receiver in the league so I think he was the player that just him makes the team he's now on that much better compared to anyone else yeah I got Tyreek Hill and Devontae <laughs> Adams I think big, big Tyreek Hill uh, guy I think putting a superstar wide receiver with Tua Tungavailoa I That's think no. I, I think I think special things can happen in Miami and yes, I am a Miami fan. So I'm a, little biased, but a little bit of bias there. I think Tyreek will pair really good with Tua because, I mean, everyone's talking about, oh, Tua just had a track team at Alabama. That's why he was so good. You have the fastest team in the NFL right now. So yeah. see what he can do. But, yeah, I agree with Devontae Adams. I mean, 
Derek Carr had no one to throw to, mm-hmm. and he still got a playoff spot. So I'm pretty sure there's a man by the name of Renfro out there Dear that he Lord. did have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think, again, that superstar wide receiver and Dante Adams going with Derek Carr will, will be a very good duo. Yeah, I have Devontae to the Raiders as well. Um, it improved the receiving core. They already made a playoff spot oh. this year, so... Wait, actually, I, I actually want to tr- change mine. To Tyreek Hill. Russell Wilson. That's actually that's yeah, a I sneaky think, good I, move. I think the Broncos will be, a little, like, obviously a much better team, but with Russell Wilson and that young receiving core, I do agree with that. Well, I mean, and their defense yeah. is really good. I mean, they added... I didn't think he was like that crazy of an ad, but they did add Randy Gregory from the Cowboys. And mm-hmm. like he's he's a solid player. So, um, and Patrick Sertan, I mean, for being a rookie, he's gonna be special. He's yeah. nuts. Um, Dante, you uh, yeah, I said Devonte. Devonte, self-explanatory. Um, I had two. I did think Tyreek Hill was a fantastic pickup, but I also do love the Khalil Mack move by the Chargers. Yeah. I put Tyreek Hill as one of mine too because of the deal they got for him was crazy. Steel. They they fleeced people get the say, Chiefs. Oh, Dolphins had no picks. They only gave up one first rounder and a bunch of scrub picks. We still yeah. got our first rounder next year. So I mean, for the deal we got Tyreek for, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And I think Khalil Mack makes that Charger defense. A lot so better. much scarier, yeah. especially when you're lined up against you know Joey Bosa already, and then you've got Cleo Malak running the linebacker room over there. So I think that was one of my uh, my biggest best moves, most improved team. JJ, I feel like it could be hit or miss, um, but I think the Bengals improved the most, or just overall. Um, I mean, they brought in some solid O line pieces, and I mean. Best case scenario, like, I mean, they went they went to the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow being the most sacked quarterback, like, this past season. So, like, they solidify the O-line. Didn't really change much other than that. They did, even though they did lose their uh, um, main tight end in CJ um, to the Jets, I didn't feel like he was too big of a factor. Um, I could obviously be wrong on that, but um, I think – if best case scenario for all the trades that happen, I think the Bengals improved the most. That's actually an interesting take. I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that much, but I do agree that their O line has uh, improved a lot, and that was one of the big weaknesses that they had. Nico, you already know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I think the Miami Dolphins <laughs> had the greatest size going in and the most improved roster this season. I'm going to tell you why. The Miami Dolphins struggled in a lot of places, that include the offensive line and the run game. We added two solid, good running backs in Raheem Moster and Chase Edmonds. I love Chase Edmonds. He's going to be really good for us. Yeah, I do like him. And we added the top left tackle in free agency in Taron Armstead. And, yes, people like he has some injuries in the past. But, I mean, a lot of his ifs, too, with like health stuff. But. With our upgraded offensive line, we also got Connor Williams, a good left guard from the Cowboys. Upgraded offensive line, upgraded running back core, and again, our receivers. We got Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys, mm-hmm. good receiver. Obviously, got Tyree Kill. And I mean, we got a lot of new coaching staff with Mike McDaniel. His offensive scheme, I think Miami Dolphins are going to be something special this season. Um,. I had 
the Miami Dolphins second, but first I had the Chargers. Um, they have an elite uh, top 10 quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have elite top 10. Wouldn't agree with that. But continue. Okay. <laughs> that's a discussion, that's, for, that's a discussion for another episode, I think. Um, I think we got to unpack that, Dante. <laughs> but uh, they have good weapons. Mike, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Austin Eckler. Uh, the defense was the thing that they had to. They did upgrade a lot because they got upgrade. a top corner from the Patriots. Yeah, too. they had JC. They got JC Jackson, um, Khalil Mack. So I believe the Chargers had the that defense will be definitely be scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. the season. I uh, I also had the um, Dolphins, but I do want to give a little shout out. I mean, you you said everything I would say. It's like for the Dolphins, they revamped their entire offense basically. But I do want to give a little shout out. I had a Buffalo on my list. Oh, I no. think the Von Miller move was fantastic for them but they also had some underrated signings i didn't realize they got oj howard out of tampa bay the tight end he was you know that's like a top 10 pick for you you right there and they got him from uh, tampa bay he's still very uh young got a lot of potential i mean not super young but he's still got potential to improve um jameson crowder from the jets you can say all you want if you think he's bad i think with josh allen throwing him balls i think he'll be pretty good and then uh duke johnson Getting him in free agency, I think that's good. I Add him to like the running him. back I like line. Johnson a lot. Ex Miami Dolphin running back. Ex ex Cleveland Brown yeah. running back, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think Duke Johnson. I mean, he did really good in his last couple of games with the Dolphins. So I yeah. think him being with the Bills will be good. And they added a couple offensive linemen too. I, I do think Buffalo had an underrated offseason. Uh, it should be interesting. Jordan Phillips, they added him back. I mean, granted, he wasn't great last year. He didn't play in all the games, but uh, before when he used to play in Buffalo, he was very, very good. Um, so, yeah, th- those were my picks for that. I-, I think that, you know, Buffalo and Miami both improved a lot. JJ, what are your best available free agents? Uh, right now? Yeah, give me give me right now. I think, I think Jarvis and uh, Odell, if he doesn't – I think if Odell doesn't get hurt in the Super Bowl, he gets – uh, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say Super Bowl. I MVP. think I think he catches another touchdown. Yeah, I, I don't think he gets MVP. Honestly, I think Aaron Donald should have gotten it. But um, uh, anyways, I think Odell. I don't think he gets like a top ten wide receiver contract, but I think he gets a big contract. I mean, I think he would. I mean, think about it. A lot of people are saying OBJ like his past his prime and stuff, but you put him with a good quarterback and you right. show what he can do. So I think I think he would deserve like a top 10 receiver contract somewhere if he didn't get hurt. I think he, I just think he's not necessarily past his prime because he's still really good. And obviously we saw the huge difference between trying to catch a ball from Baker and trying to catch a ball from Matthew Stafford. My thing is, I think he, like you said, you put him with a good quarterback, but I feel like the difference with him and like some of the, other best receivers in the league right now is a good quarterback makes him better where he doesn't necessarily make a bad quarterback look good. Yeah. yeah not yeah. necessarily like a terrible quarterback. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a couple, most of them are receivers, but I'll start with the non receivers. I got JC Treader center. I think mm-hmm. I want the dolphins to pick him up. Dolphins really need a center right now, but um, I think, He's a really good available free agent. And Tyron Matthew, um, obviously, Dante wants to go yeah. to the Steelers. But uh, I think he, I mean, obviously, he's a great 
safety and I think wherever he goes, he's going to do really good. But other receivers, I feel like Julio Jones too out there, and then some I mean, yeah. some older vets like Cole Beasley, T.Y. Hill, and A.J. Green. Um, I think they find the right spot with a good quarterback. I still think they can they can do some special things. Yeah, uh, to go, I have two to go on what Nico said. I have Tyron Matthew. I personally want him to come to Pittsburgh. I'm a Steelers fan. I saw there were talks about it, but. I feel like we would have the best safety duo in the league. And then the other one that I'm surprised he's still out there is Stefan Gilmore. I'm really surprised he's still out there. Yeah. yeah. After, I mean, he took a year, a year or two off because of the COVID. And, I mean, he was defensive player of the year before he. Yeah. yeah. Before he, I, I am, yeah, I am that really was, shocked he's still there, yeah. That was uh, my biggest one. I, I, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of receivers out there. I think Julio Jones, if healthy, is huge that he still hasn't been picked up. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of receivers out there. I want the Packers to go get. Um, our wide receiver room is horrendous right now. And I think, you know, if we draft a receiver, good. But I, I think we need to fill in with some vets. I think Jarvis would be a good pickup. I think Julio Jones would be a nice pickup if he's healthy. Um, I also had some defensive players. Um, I had Stephon Gilmore, I think. I'm not sure why he's still out there. He's fantastic. I think even getting him on a lower deal, I know the Packers were looking at trading for him when they first announced yeah. the trade and didn't get him. But um, I also had Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, I feel like, yeah, he's getting up there in age, and you know he hasn't been producing at the same level he used to, but he's still a great veteran. I think if you get him for a lower deal, uh, he could help someone's defense very much. So uh, last but not least, we've got a Baker Mayfield fit. You know, The Browns decided to go with Deshaun Watson, decided not to uh, – elect to uh, keep Baker as the starting um, quarterback, you know, whether you're upset about that or not, you know, as a Browns fan. Now the question is, where does, where does Baker go from here? Where, where does he fit in best? JJ, give us some teams that you think Baker fits in best with. Some teams? Uh, give, me, give me like your one or two. Give me one or two. I feel like he could be a solid backup. Not necessarily a solid backup, but like he could find a role as a backup at maybe um you you don't even think he'll start next season you don't think he'll start for a team next season i feel like if he was going to be starting next season he would already got his contract unless unless there's some draft trade that um is like in the works right now i don't i don't see a team that has been like oh we want baker because if they wanted baker they would have went and got him by now that's mm -hmm. that's just what i think i mean he could go somewhere and like win the starting position but of the places that like could be looking for a quarterback, they're like not interested in him. And um, I mean that also could be just because the Browns like I mean he was a first, he was a number one overall pick, so like the Browns are gonna want something for him. But obviously with the uh, them picking up Deshaun and other teams knowing that the relationship between Baker and the Browns isn't great. Um, other teams have the upper hand in the trade talks where they're like, no, we're going to give you a third round pick. You know what I mean? Right. Because they know the Browns need to get yeah. get rid of Baker. Nico? Yeah. Even though the Falcons do have a high draft pick and it might draft a quarterback and they did get Marcus Mariota, I think he would be good with the Falcons. Because, I mean, I don't think Mariota can lead a Falcons team to the playoffs. Um, and, I mean, yeah, Baker – finished last season awful um people can say injuries but a lot of his decisions weren't because of injuries but 
I still think he's a good quarterback. I think he's going to start. I don't think he's. Where, where do you think he goes, though? The Falcons. Like, I think oh, okay. he'd be a good fit for the Falcons just because I think the Falcons is a decent team. Again, I don't think Mariota can lead that decent team to the playoff. But, I mean, Baker led, I'll say, a pretty good Browns team to their first playoff appearance. Yeah. And first playoff win in a yeah. long time. When he's healthy, he's a good quarterback. So, I mean, if, I think if he gets his stuff together, he gets healthy, then I think the Falcons would be a good fit for him. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, pointing out that he was playing on, like, an injured shoulder half the season. You know, it's something to point out. Dante? Um, I have two places. I first, I think the Giants. I mean, there. I feel. I mean, if I was general manager, my primary like upgrade would be on O line. So if they get like that going, they have weapons. They have Saquon. Their defense isn't bad. So I don't. I I like to see him there. I do still think he's a starter, even though he's a Browns arrival. I mean. Yeah. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, no, I, I I'd, I'd rather have Baker than Daniel Jones, but that's also not much to pick from, in my opinion. Like, I don't agree that Baker would be a backup, dude. I, I like, I, no, I I'm just saying where he goes, he's. I mean, if it's a good fit, like again, but he's gonna be the starter. He's a starting quarterback. Right. I was just saying, I feel like he might end up as a backup just with. not necessarily commanding free agency. You get what I mean? So, like, he might not be able to find a spot outside of uh, a spot on the second string. Yeah. Here's here's my take. And did you have another one? I was just going to say the Seahawks. Yeah, I think the Seahawks is a good oh, good spot to land at. I think Drew Locke yeah. is not the move for a starting <laughs> quarterback. I do think that if the Seahawks were to get their way in with Baker, I mean, obviously, though, I mean, in the Seahawks position, they're not in a win-now position. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you go for a quote-unquote, you know, you know, pretty uh, kind of established quarterback. You need someone a little younger to, you know, kind of take the lead. But um, I do agree that I, th- I would like to see him in a Seattle jersey. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I uh, JJ, you're gonna love my first pick here because I don't think if he goes to this team, he'll be the starter. I think Tampa Bay would be an interesting spot for him to land in. I mean, Tom Brady spot. I'd agree with that. You know, Tom Brady's been teasing retirement for years now. I think this might actually be his last year. If not, he's got two seasons left in him. If Tampa Bay was to go out and make Baker their backup for two seasons, and then, you know, by the time he's you know well adjusted to to this offense and in the system, he's already gotten older. He's been sitting under Tom Brady for two years, and then they're still in a win now scenario, right? Yeah. They had they don't take a year off like tanking to get a quarterback in the draft. They've got a quarterback behind them. Yeah. So that was my pick. The other one is the uh, New York Jets. I think that would be an interesting fit. I'm not a huge believer in Zach Wilson. I, Me yeah. either, but with him being that high of a pick, they don't move off of him this quickly. Well, I don't think you move off him this quickly, but I think if, if Baker comes available for cheap, which the Browns might resort to if they can't find anything, yeah. I think you, you dive in on that. Um, I think that, I mean, I would say Sam Darnold just was a great talent that just didn't, you know, f- like develop well in that Jets organization. They can't yeah. really develop talent that great. So why not take a guy like Baker who's already pretty developed you know, just give him a chance. You could even, like, I mean, you're going to be bad, right? So you could even take him on, like, rest him, you know, make sure he gets his shoulder recovered, and then, you know, throw him in when you get more weapons around you and then, you know, start, you know, trying to compete for, well, for them it'll be a wild card. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting nonetheless to see what they do. 
Uh, but there is uh, definitely some stuff uh, that the Browns have to look over at that Baker Mayfield stuff. So we'll see where that goes. Um, anything else you guys want to add NFL-wise? Miami Dolphins will be in the playoffs this year. Is that your hot take? Yeah, let's let's finish off let's finish off today's episode with a hot take from everyone, <laughs> and then we can uh, unpack that next episode. Miami Dolphins playoffs. Okay, so Nico's in the books. Nico's hot take is Miami Dolphins playoffs. What Dante said something earlier about Justin Herbert being a top ten quarterback, <laughs> elite top ten quarterback. I just don't know who you can put over him. All right, well let's. I, think, I, I, well, not, I don't think that's let's, that hot of a let's, let's unpack that next episode. We'll talk about our top ten quarterbacks. We'll do. We'll do top ten quarterbacks next week. JJ, you got a hot take you want to finish this out on? Um. Um. I think the Bucks repeat. All right, we got to unpack that next episode. <laughs> that's kind of, all right. So that's gonna that's gonna do it. For, wait, the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking Buccaneers. Oh, bad, I was like, bad, I was because we were just talking no, about football, and I was like, I, I was I like, think, first of all, repeat. Buccaneers. It's been two seasons. I don't think the. Buccaneers. I actually, I do like that take, but like we can unpack that uh later. If you're listening and you agree or strongly disagree <laughs> with any of those hot takes, let us know, uh, YouTube comment sections or tweet at us at Corkit Podcast. Um, that's gonna do it for us right now. A bit of a longer episode, you know, still getting uh, some of the technical difficulties solved. I know JJ's cutting in and out a little bit from the microphone. My, bad, um, my uh, camera turned off halfway through, but we're going to we're gonna figure things out for you guys here um, as we get stuff moving. But that's going to do it for all of us. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to the Corkett Podcast, and we'll see you next week.